What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Queue. It is season four, episode eight. And like I promised this week, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the types of attraction that I experience while also talking about the split attraction model. Now, if you don't know what that is, stay tuned because I will be talking about it. But a general synopsis is that it's a foundation for... Um, it's a foundation for other types of attraction aside from sexual. Um, now, the split attraction model focuses more on the distinction between romantic and sexual attraction, um, and it's usually talked about within asexuality um, because aromanticism also gets talked about in that vein, and I will discuss that a little bit more as well. So stay tuned, and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. <laughs> What's up everybody? Welcome back. And this week's episode is kind of going to be a continuation of last week's episode. So I did mention that I was going to talk more about the types of attraction that I specifically experience, as well as talking about the split attraction model, which I kind of teased in the intro. So if you don't know what the split attraction model is, basically it is a foundational model that discusses the difference between sexual and romantic attraction. I use the word foundational because um, the split attraction model only um, only distinguishes between those two types of attraction as a basis. Um, and the reason that it does that is because in the world of asexuality, obviously, you know, someone had to create a model that designated, you know, if someone didn't feel sexual attraction, then then what could be the possibilities of other things that they feel? And most people, you know, can conceptualize romantic attraction pretty well. And, you know, and so that's the other distinction. It's also there because it helps to distinguish the difference for aromantic people as well. Now, I do want to place a caveat here that not all asexual people are also aromantic and vice versa. Um, they're two separate things. They're not the same. They get talked about in the same light. Our communities are, I would say, very linked. Um, they're very attached, but they are two separate things. So aromanticism and asexuality are two different things. For anybody who was confused or anybody who thought they were the same, they are not. So, this this model, you know, it, it signifies two types of attraction. Um, and I, I said in the beginning that it's a foundational basis. And I say basis because it's lacking, right? Because there are many other types of attraction um, besides romantic and sexual, right? That's not the only way that someone can find someone else attractive. And so... You know, 
going through kind of like figuring that out for yourself is it's I wouldn't say it's difficult but I would say that it's it's definitely under the radar because it's not something that a lot of people think about you see somebody you like or that looks appealing you your first thought isn't oh I'm experiencing aesthetic attraction or physical attraction um that that's not what goes through your head you just know you like the way this person looks and so you know once you start to notice all the different ways that you do actually like somebody and there's words for most of those things um it makes it a little bit easier to kind of tease out what types of attraction are more you and you know which ones you really respond to um and and I would say for me I find that it's a not a scale but it's a they're, they're definitely ranked um I definitely feel certain types of attraction more than others and it is something that I don't quite get to explain um often not that I want to be explaining it all the time but I mean if somebody asks I don't mind I don't mind telling them it may take me a minute to think about it on the fly but (laughs) but I could do it um so I would say out of the the main ones, so we're going to go through all the types of attraction and then I'm going to, as we go through each one, I'll, I'll tell you guys, um, how, you know, where it ranks on, on my list. Um, so if you remember from last week, I mentioned that UNC Chapel Hill, uh, they have an LGBT center and on their website, they have listed all the different types of attraction. Um, and so I'm going to be using their website as, as the basis because they have them all very nicely put together in one place and, and with definitions and things. So it's very concise. Okay, so obviously everybody knows what sexual attraction is, right? Um, that is the main type of thing when someone asks you, you know, who are you attracted to? Um, or what, you know, what... Uh, how strong is your attraction towards someone? Usually people mean sexually. Um, and so sexual attraction, for anybody that doesn't know, is attraction that makes people desire sexual contact or shows sexual interest in another person or persons. And so, you know, again, like I mentioned last time, I do experience this, but it is very rare and it is very specific when I, when I do experience it. Um, so for me, this is probably the bottom. Um, so out of all the attraction uh, attraction types, there are one, two, three, four, five. There's six that they have listed here on the, on this website. So it's at the bottom. So if I were going to rank them one to six, one being uh, the one that I feel the most, sexual is probably six, honestly. Um, and that's just because I don't, not that I don't value sex, I do. It's it's nice in certain contexts, but it's not like I don't know. It's just it's not my thing. It, it's not it's not a thing I go seeking after. Um, next up we have romantic attraction. Everyone knows what this means as well. And in case you don't, it is in, it is attraction that makes people desire romantic contact or interaction with another person or persons. Now. For those of you who are just like, what are you talking about? They're the same thing. They are not. Um, in a very literal sense of the word, romance is, if, if, you know, if you need a really concrete like distinction, 
Think about romance in terms of Hollywood. Every rom-com, boy-meets-girl thing that you see is, until they get to the sexual part, it's all romance. It's all romance. It's the flowers, it's the candy, it's the opening her car door, it's the, you know, putting the jacket over the puddle thing. It's that sort of stuff. Um, that's romantic attraction, where you, you look at someone and you kind of, I don't know, you, you, you kind of imagine life where your, your life is a rom-com, essentially. Um, or your life is like, you know, a, a person meets person love story. That's the best way I can kind of like explain it. Sexual attraction is literally about the sex part. That's what you want to do. You don't want to hold hands. You don't want to make kissy faces. You you want to have sex. Now, again, for most people, they experience both of these things, sexual and romantic, in the same light. A lot of people don't. Most people do. Um, that doesn't mean that either uh, either group of people is is wrong. Or, or, you know, no one's doing anything wrong, um, because there's no right or wrong way to be attracted to somebody. But for the people that do experience it separately, such as myself, um, it helps to have this language to be able to separate it out. So, romantic attraction for me, I'm probably, I don't, you know, I honestly don't know if it's number one or not for me. Um... Because that might be another assumption that people have. It's like, oh, well, if you don't experience sexual attraction, then romantic must be your number one. And that's not always true either. Um, and for me, right now, I I don't know. I think there's kind of a tie, probably. I w I'll probably figure it out as we go through the rest of these. Um, because, like I said before, I'm thinking about it on the fly now. And I'm just like, oh, wait, is it? But I know I, you know, and so we'll figure it out as we go along. Um, you know, and, and you guys can do this too. As we, as we go along through this, you can kind of be thinking about for yourself, you know, how, how do I experience all of these types of attraction and, you know, which one, if, if yours is ranked like mine's are, you know, which one do you experience more or maybe which one do you respond more to, um, at any given time? Think about that, you know, let's do some self-reflection while we, <laughs> while we listen to the episode. Um... Okay, so we'll put romantic at number one for right now. It may move down um, as we go through the next ones. So the next one is aesthetic attraction. And it's it's pretty self-explanatory. Aesthetic, for people who don't know what the word aesthetic means, um, it's pretty much like the, the atmosphere um, of something or like the aura of something. Um, and so it's, it's appearance-based. And so... The definition here says it occurs when someone appreciates the appearance or beauty of another person or persons disconnected from sexual or romantic attraction. So an example of this, if you've never experienced it, would be if you're walking down the street, you see um, a person who looks appealing to you, strictly like just appearance based, you know, it could be they have good facial symmetry, it could be you like their hair or whatever it is. Um, you look at that person and you go, they look good. And that's it. That's that's where it stops. Um, there's no, you know, there's no, I, I want to date them. There's no, I want to have sex with them. It's literally just, they look like a nice person, appearance-wise. Um, for some of the more, <laughs> uh, I'll use the term aggressive people, 
Um, I don't actually mean aggressive. What I mean is vain, but I don't even mean that either. But for those people who who are um, superficial, that's the word I was thinking of. For more superficial people, if you, if you think that way, uh, aesthetic attraction is basically a person you look at for eye candy. That's all they are. It's just someone who looks good, who makes you look good. That's what it is. Um, that's an example of it. I'm, I'm not saying that that's how people experience it and that's what it is when it happens. I'm just saying that's an example. If you've never experienced it or you don't know anybody that has explained it um, in a particular way for themselves, you can think of it as, as when somebody calls somebody eye candy. They're just appealing to look at. They're just nice to look at. Um, that one for me, I really, I mean, I really do respond to that one. There's a bunch of people that I see online in real life and I'm just like, ooh, they look nice, you know, or they look cute or whatever. And this for me, this happens across all genders. Um, so I can appreciate a woman for her aesthetic appeal. Um, I don't have any romantic feelings towards women. I don't have any sexual feelings towards women. Um, I don't have any other feelings towards women um, as far as, like, having physical contact with them. But I can very much appreciate, you know, if somebody, like, if one of my guy friends was like, oh, man, that girl looks so hot, like, I'd look over and be like, yeah, yeah, she's nice. You know, I can appreciate the fact that she looks good, but I could care less about anything else because I'm not attracted to women that way. Um, and if you are attracted to women that way, and aesthetic attraction also happens to be high on your list, you're, you're, you're getting, you know, you're definitely getting your money's worth there then. Um, so yeah, so that's aesthetic attraction. I would say for, for me, for men, this one is really, I really respond to men who just look aesthetically pleasing. Now for this one, it's, it's good to note that there can be different aesthetics within this attraction type so if you are a person who likes let's say like a goth aesthetic right most people who fit that aesthetic most likely will be attractive to you um or if you like you know the the rugged outdoorsman type of aesthetic those types of people um are, are probably going to be more attractive to you me personally i like the and i don't even know if it's it's a i don't i don't like to admit it all the time because i feel shallow when i say it but it's what i like and so you know being transparent i like the dapper aesthetic so give me a guy who is you know dressed up in a suit shoes and all um tie not included the tie doesn't always need to be there but if he can put together a suit or even just a nice like button up and some slacks maybe with some suspenders if he's not gonna have a jacket on that is my aesthetic completely 100 all the time it doesn't matter uh who the person is doesn't matter that's my aesthetic um and, and that goes for that goes for women and men i love to see a woman you know in a in a nice jumpsuit or in a regular suit and it's tailored and it's nice but it's still giving that dapper vibe i love it i have yet to get my own tailored suit myself 
that is still a goal of mine to to have my own tailored suit for me so that I can rock the dapper vibes all the time um I have a jumpsuit right now that kind of gives me that vibe but it it's not a complete look because it's a jumpsuit so I can only and it's it's no sleeved so I can't wear it everywhere I want something that's super versatile that I could just throw on anytime I need to feel that 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 dapper feeling and, and have that aesthetic you know rule out for the for the day um but yeah so let's let's put this one at number one and we'll put we'll, we'll bump romantic for me down to number two now because I really do respond to aesthetic attraction when, when someone meets my aesthetic I'm like I'm hype um <laughs> so yeah the next one is sensual attraction and that is the desire to interact with others in a tactile, non-sexual way, such as through hugging or cuddling. Now, let's let's recap, right? Because this sounds like romantic attraction, right? If you're if you're at least cuddling does. If you're cuddling someone, that that gives off the connotation of romantic feelings or possibly even sexual feelings, right? Um, but it is not. Some people are able to do those particular actions or behaviors without any other type of feelings attached to them right hugging you can hug people all day long um that doesn't mean that you want to have sex with them it doesn't mean that you want to date them it doesn't mean that you want to be in a relationship with them it just means you like hugging people um and and, and that's what it is um or if you do want to do any of those other things the maybe the primary way that you show that affection or that attraction towards them is through hugging maybe you don't want to um do anything uh, sexually physical with that person and you just kind of want you know we'll say everything but uh the sex part uh as far as physical activity sexual physical activity um so for this one uh, I kind of do like everything but the sex, but it's, for me, it's, it's specific to relationships for me. So I generally don't like hugging anyone. Um, like even when I'm in a relationship, like I'll hug my significant other, but it's, it's like a hug that turns into a cuddle because <laughs> I, I usually don't, don't want to let go at that point because if I'm going to be that close and we're kind of already cuddling, but we're standing up, we might as well just keep, we might as well just cuddle um, and just keep it going. Um, but this one, I don't typically, this is only present for me, like in a relationship. I don't typically like to cuddle or hug my friends a bunch because I have, I have issues with people touching me, but yeah so this one i don't even think this one would be three this we'll put this one right above sexual we'll put it at five because it's it's very specific it'll probably get bumped up maybe maybe not we'll see we'll keep going we'll see what happens um so the next one is emotional attraction and it is the desire to get to know someone often as a result of their personality instead of their physicality this type of attraction is mo is present in most relationships from platonic friendships to romantic and sexual relationships now i know you're thinking key wait a minute you know this sounds like romantic attraction again what's going on 
And again, you know, I would say the difference here is that this has nothing to do with physicalness at all. And so right off the bat, there's that distinction from sexual attraction. It has nothing to do, and sensual, really. It has nothing to do with anything physical. Um, so this is often as a result of their personality. Now, you have to... So again, some people experience this and romantic attraction in the same light. Some people don't. The people that do will probably find it really hard to to separate to separate them out. The people that don't experience emotional and romantic attraction in the same light may find it hard to explain how they separate them out. Um, I know for me, I still haven't quite figured out exactly how I separate these, but. Overall, I think I would say that the difference for me is like, okay, so let's do it this way. So it says that this type of attraction is present in most relationships, ranging from platonic to romantic to sexual, right? So with my friends, I have emotional attraction with my friends because you know, I have no desire to be physical with any of them, but I like their personalities. And we're able to mesh well, like maybe they have certain personality traits that really um, kind of balance out mine or complement mine or vice versa. I have ones that balance out theirs or complement theirs. And we're just kind of... I don't know, we're, we're linked somehow. I don't quite know how to, um, I don't quite know how to explain it specifically, but we're just, we're connected. It's a connection, basically. We, we have a, a strong connection with each other, and we know each other deeply. We know each other in a way that is, you know, it's not an acquaintance level, so it's it's not, you know, somebody you just say hi to at the bus stop or, you know, the person you walk past at work whose name you don't know but you say hi to them, like, every day anyway. It's a deeper connection that, you know, you know a good bit about them, they know a good bit about you, but there's no physicalness involved, there's no romance involved, there's no sex involved, it's just you're connected. That's the best way I can describe it right now. Um, for me, I honestly, I probably would say this one, I would probably bump this up to number one. Honestly. So it would be this one and then it would be aesthetic. Because this one, I generally, I generally attempt to make this type of connection first regardless of anything else because if I don't have this type of connection then kind of all the other ones fall short a bit so it's like so like so like let's take the aesthetic aspect if I don't have an emotional attraction to somebody but I'm aesthetically attracted to them they're 
my level of, of attraction to their aesthetic goes down because that emotion piece is not there. So if somebody's like, oh my gosh, you know, the person you're talking to is so attractive and you're so lucky and I'm like, eh, it's okay. And they're like, what do you mean it's okay? And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really feel like we click. They're like, yeah, but they're so hot and this and that. And it's like, yeah, but that that doesn't matter to me if I can't feel connected to them. Like, it's not going to, it, it, I don't know, it's just, it's not, it's going to diminish my attraction. It's not going to, it's not going to compound it. Um, and I think for me, that's how my attraction style works. All of my different types uh, add or subtract to each other, depending on which one I'm feeling at the time. But I would say definitely emotional attraction for me is number one. Aesthetic is number two. Sexual is all the way at the bottom, so that's one, two, and six. We put sensual at five. So then that would make romantic three. And then this last one here is intellectual attraction. And this is the desire to engage with another in an, in an intellectual manner, such as engaging in conversation with them, quote unquote, picking their brain, and it has more to do with what or how a person thinks instead of the person themselves. Now, this one, I would say, is interesting. Because this one actually has a sexual piece that goes along with it. So if you've ever heard the term sapiosexual, this kind of... This is built into that. So a sapiosexual is a person who is sexually attracted to intelligence. So this would be, you know, this is the only example that's coming to mind right now. Forgive me for this really, really bad analogy. This is the person who may or may not be attracted to a college professor or a person with a doctorate degree or someone who, um, you know, like, just somebody who's really intellectually uh, adept and educated and, and that sort of thing. And so this idea of intellectual attraction is built into the sapiosexual identity. But intellectual attraction by itself again, is not, it doesn't have any connection to the person in general. There's no physicality, there's no romance, there's no sensualness, um, there may not even be aesthetics, you know, there's, there's nothing of that sort. And it's just the fact that you can have good conversation with them and talk to them about things. Now, generally, like I said before, you know, I, the way my attraction works is that it, it kind of compounds and or subtracts depending on what I'm, which one I'm feeling primarily at the, at the, at the time. So for example, if I met somebody and had really good conversations with them, right, um, let's say, let's, let's say it was online, let's say I met somebody online 
we hadn't done any video chatting or exchange pictures and we were just conversating and we're having really 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 good conversations and so I know nothing else about them except the fact that they have really good conversations and then we decided to meet in person so the only thing at play at that point is my intellectual attraction towards them I'm feeling really good because I I have good conversations with this person and I'm hoping that once we meet in person all of those other types of attraction can potentially you know add more to the initial intellectual attraction because I value that part so much I don't want that to get diminished I don't want that to go away so let's say we meet and I don't quite like how they look so already the aesthetic attraction part kind of subtracts from some of that but for me I'm not if I have if I have the intellectual attraction that usually means I also have emotional attraction along with that so I still have two against one at that point and so at that point I would kind of just delineate for myself okay it doesn't matter that they don't look particularly appealing to me we still have really good conversations and I still want to get to know them and I still want to be able to talk with them about things because I really enjoy their perspective of the world and so okay fine and then let's say we talk a little bit more and you know I figure out okay I I'm literally not thinking about anything romantic I'm not thinking about anything sensual um, nor am I thinking about anything sexual and all of that goes out of the window and so now it's just the intellectual and the emotional attraction that I'm working off of and those two I would say when they're when they're working together those two are probably most important to me with anyone that I come into contact with if we can have good conversations and I can feel connected to you and I enjoy your personality you're good to go you can be in any category in my life. You could be a friend, you could be a romantic interest, you could be a sexual interest, and anything else in between. If those two are initially in play, that doesn't mean you will, but at least in the beginning of those interactions, I've thought about it at least once or twice. But again, you know, it's a it's a compounding thing so let's say I start talking to somebody and I don't feel that intellectual attraction I don't feel like you know what I would love to talk to you about any topic in the world and I don't feel that that's okay I still have all those other ways that I can connect with that person whether it be emotional or sensual or aesthetic romantic sexual whatever it may be but for me, I, as, as much as, this is going to sound really backwards, as much as I talk here on the podcast, I hate talking. Um, I don't, I don't like to be the one to start a conversation. Um, I can, I can very well finish one, but I don't like to be the one to start conversations. And so part of that intellectual piece for me is the other person kind of having the the other person kind of having the emotional attraction and the desire to get to know me and whether or not that's there will determine how 
my intellectual attraction kind of responds to theirs. Um, so if somebody meets me and they're like, hey, I, I want to ask you about, you know, what you think about animal cruelty and we have a discussion about it and they're, you know, actively asking questions and they're seeking out, you know, my perspective for things, that generally makes me more attracted to somebody intellectually because that tells me that they want to have conversations they want to talk about different things they want to be able to kind of you know expand their horizons and and learn from different people and that to me is attractive I don't know if there's a word for that I don't know if that specifically falls under intellectual attraction still but I like to know when I'm interacting with anybody I like to know that they're going to be open-minded I like to know that they're going to ask me about particular things if they if they really want to know um i like to know that people are going to seek out the answers to the questions that they have whether it be from me or from someone else even if someone comes to me and they want a a redirect to something else and they're like hey do you know anything about this or do you know where i can find this i love that i love that from people because it tells me that they're they're it tells me that they have a level of awareness that most people don't have um, and it tells me that they're they're putting in effort to, you know, self-reflect and, and be self-aware and notice how things affect them and their emotions and that sort of thing and how they think about things and how they respond to things in the world. And for me, that means that that person, whatever whatever space they hold in my life, be it platonic or otherwise, that tells me that that's a person I potentially want to um, want to get closer to just because they have the, they have the capability of, of open-mindedness, um, and, and open-mindedness in general is a, is something that I highly value and I, I enjoy it when I find it in other people or when I see it in other people. Um, okay. So yes. So I think where we were at here is, Emotional attraction is number one. Aesthetic was number two. Rom- mm, was romantic number three? I think romantic might have been number three. Intellectual is number four. Sensual is number five. And sexual was last. Yeah. I think that's the current lineup or ranking. I would say, though... Romantic and intellectual probably flip-flop from three and four, most likely. And I think that, for me, I think that depends on how I meet the person and, like, what my what my intent is when I first start talking to somebody new. So if I'm, if I'm already feeling romantic attraction and I'm going in with that mindset, romantic attraction is probably going to be number three for my interaction with that person. If I'm not feeling romantic attraction yet and we're just talking, then intellectual is probably going to be the, the third one, the third most important. Um, and so I think, you know, and, and again, they all can flip-flop at any particular time, depending on who I'm interacting with and how the interaction was kind of developed. Um, but generally, I think that's a base for me to conceptualize how my attraction develops it, it definitely always starts with the emotional piece, though. Almost always. Um, okay. So that's that. 
Now, you know, like I said, the distinction on the split attraction model is between sexual and romantic attraction. So the sexual attraction spectrum goes from heterosexual on one end, homosexual on the other, and bisexual in the middle. Now the problem with this, again, the split attraction model is a foundational basis in my mind, um, because obviously we know that there's all different other types of sexual attraction in between all those things, right? It's not just the three big ones that we know about. And so the romantic part of that goes in the same light. And so it's allo romantic, which is a term from, uh, if you listened to last week, that's a term that is also used in the asexual spectrum. So it just means uh, kind of like without romance um, or not having romance. Um, and so an allo, I'm sorry, that's, that's aromantic. Alloromantic is, is having romantic attraction. So on one end, there's alloromantics. On the other end, it is aromantics. Um, and of course, in the middle, there's biromantic. But again, we, we know that there's all different kinds in between there as well. Now, this one, romantic attraction is described as an individual's pattern of romantic attraction based on a person's gender or genders regardless of one's sexual orientation. So they also make the distinction here that for people who do experience sexual attraction, their sexual orientation and their romantic orientation are often in alignment, which means it matches. And so, if you are a heterosexual, most likely you are also heteroromantic. Doesn't mean that's the case all the time. Um, and so, all the different types of romantic attraction are aromantic, which are individuals who do not experience romantic attraction towards anyone. Biromantic, romantic attraction towards males and females. Heteroromantic is the typical attraction, right? You experience romantic attraction towards someone of a different gender or the opposite gender, so to speak. Um, homoromantic is attraction towards people of the same gender. Panromantic is attraction towards people of any gender. Polyromantic is attraction towards multiple genders, but not all. Gray romantic is individuals who do not experience romantic attraction often and demi-romantic are individuals who do not experience romantic attraction until after a close emotional bond has been formed. They also make a distinction here that people who refer to themselves as demi-romantic may choose to further specify the gender or genders of those they are attracted to an example of that would be demi-homoromantic. So that would mean that a person would not experience same gendered romantic attraction until they had emotional attraction to this person. I know, that was a lot. 
that was a lot. Um, and there's other words that go into this list of romantic orientations as well. The UNC Chapel Hill makes the distinction that it's not an exhaustive list. So I also want to make that distinction. Now, what I what I like about this is that it kind of specifies that attraction in general, they use the word people. So attraction that makes people desire whatever type of attraction with another person. With romantic attraction, they've kind of specified that it's gendered. And I don't I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. I mean, I get I get why it's there, but I feel like you can you can experience romantic attraction with anyone. Um but I get people have their preferences or what have you. Um or, you know, people are attracted to who they're attracted to. So I understand the need for words to describe, you know, as many experiences as possible. Now, the terms gray romantic and demiromantic, those are also part of last week's episode in talking about asexuality. There are uh, gray asexual people, which are affectionately referred to as gray aces, and there are demi aces as well excuse me, demisexuals. Um, so yeah. Now, here's, here's the best part because I believe I said it last week, but I'm going to keep saying it. Attraction does not equal action. I'm going to say it again. Attraction does not equal action. And I'm, I'm saying it twice because I really want people to think about what that means. Because in talking about the community, people think that they know everything about a person as soon as they identify their orientation, right? Someone comes up to you and someone says, you know, hi, my name is James, I'm gay, right? And you automatically think you know everything about this person and their gay identity strictly because they said, I'm gay. You know nothing. I want you to know that you know nothing. You should assume nothing. You should not, you know, try to predict anything. You know nothing, okay? And I'm saying this because just because somebody identifies a particular way does not mean that their behavior is going to be in this little box that that fits exactly with how they identify. Meaning, James, who is gay, can have sex with women and still be gay. And I know that that is a serious mindfuck for a lot of people, but it is also a reality. 
Attraction does not equal action. It doesn't. And so UNC Chapel Hill also makes this distinction. And in their words, they say, in understanding identities and attractions, it is important to remember that orientation and attraction do not necessarily define or predict behavior. Action does not equal attraction. They continue on to say this is another important reason why it is important to ask people how they identify as you cannot assume you know someone's identity based on their behavior and vice versa. You cannot assume you know someone's behavior based on their identity. And as UNC Chapel Hill continues to say, this also means that you cannot assume what types of relationships or behavior a person will engage in simply by knowing how they identify. So, ask. That is the, that is the bottom line. Uh, that is the takeaway for this episode. If you don't know, ask. And ask respectfully, please. And UNC Chapel Hill goes on to say, sexual identities and romantic orientations are not linked. And therefore, a person could be asexual, aromantic, neither, or both asexual and aromantic. So again, they're separate things. Just because someone is asexual does not mean that they are also aromantic. And just because someone is aromantic does not also mean that they are asexual. They are separate things. They are very, very, very separate things. Um, so, okay, so the last little thing that we're going to talk about here is they make a reference to queer platonic relationships. And according to their information, it says that queer platonic relationships are those relationships that are not romantic in nature, but they involve very close emotional connections that are often deeper or more intense than what is traditionally considered a friendship. Since there is not adequate language to describe queer platonic partners, some people refer to these partners as zucchini. Squish is also a term used to identify aromantic crushes, the desire for a non-romantic platonic relationship with another person. So these two, I've come across these terms quite a bit um, since joining the asexual community and while they're mostly talked about in like aromantic fashions or even you know even in some asexual spaces they're talked about as well um i don't i don't think i know anyone personally who has qprs which is the little acronym for queer platonic relationships um or at least i don't I don't know anyone specifically that talks about them in that way. Um, I definitely have heard the term squish, though, many, many times. <laughs> um, um, but it's mostly online. It's not... I've never heard it, like, in the wild, so to speak. I've never heard anyone say it out in the open. Um, it's always been an online thing. I mean, so I would... For, for those, for those two things, I would say that some of these things are things that you're not going to kind of come across unless you're in the community um 
and that's okay, you know, but it, it may be helpful to know what they are so that if you do hear them um, out in public, you kind of know what it means, and again, you know to be respectful about it. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's, 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 it's a... It's one of those in-group things where you just don't know unless you're, unless you're part of the community. Um, okay, so I have one more set of types of attraction to talk about. And I don't think... I, I didn't find it documented anywhere except Wiki. Um, and I don't remember if it was regular Wiki or if it was the LGBT Wiki. Um... I'll have to relook that up because I want to put that I want to put that link in the resources for you guys for today. But so you can also be attracted to energy. Um and so sticking with you know uh, we'll say like a romantic or sexual type of basis, um you can be attracted to masculine or feminine energy. And so that idea, that concept, is called androphilia for masculine energy and gyna, gynophilia for uh, femininity. And you can put whatever suffix matches what it is. Um, so you can have, you know, andro-romantic or androsexual. So you can have, you're attracted to, you know masculine romantic energy you can have you're attracted to masculine sexual energy you can have you know whatever suffix matches what kind of attraction you're you're most uh, attracted to and this so from the wiki it says it's typically used for identifying the person's objects of attraction without attributing a sex assignment or gender identity to the other person that they're attracted to. Um, now, you know, you can, I feel like some of the other ones already do that though. Like if you say you're aesthetically attracted to somebody, you, I mean, you can kind of tease that out, I guess. But I, I guess they're going off of the fact that, you know, the typical, the typical prefixes for the attractions are homo, hetero, bi, and then, you know, all the different types. And so they're saying this particular one is like a gender neutral, um, well, not a gender neutral, but you're not specifying, you're not specifying a gender. And so it's, you know, it's, it's just energy. It's just like the idea of someone's energy not necessarily having it be based in gender they do make a note here that it's it can be used to describe attraction to intersex people or trans people um, and especially people who are non-binary so i would say you know i'm typically attracted to masculine energy which would make sense because I'm androgynous. Um, I would say I, I, at least when I'm when I'm in like an androgynous like I don't know what to call it 
when I'm kind of in that mindset, I lean more masculine. Um, hence my, my high aesthetic attraction to, to dapperness um, in all forms. But, yeah, I generally, I don't, <laughs> I used to hate feminine energy, honestly, when I was younger. I just, I didn't, I didn't like hanging out with girls. I, I didn't like anything girly. Like, I just, I never liked it at all. Um, it's kind of balanced out. I definitely leaned way more masculine um, when I was younger, but it has balanced out a little bit um, since I've gotten older. And I think for me, that's just from being, like, actually not necessarily getting in touch with my feminine side, but finding things about my femininity that I can connect with and finding ways that it does... Uh, make me feel good and so the things about it that does make me feel good I I latch on to those and and I kind of stick to those um but usually I lean more masculine um which is like I I would I would say clothing presentation I, I usually lean more masculine unless I'm purposely trying to look good for a particular reason which isn't often I am very much a jeans and t-shirt kind of person. And believe me, if my job allowed me to do that, I would. <laughs> I would. Um, yeah, so that's that. Um, I will put up all of the, the, the resources um, for today's episode. I'll put them. I'll have pictures of the, the models um, and I'll put those up there for you guys and google is also a lovely resource so if you guys want to do more research and you're soul searching or whatever you're doing um you can go ahead and look some of the stuff up and and you know and have it be that um so yeah and uh just a reminder that all the resources i'm going to try to to compile all of the resources that have been talked about over the course of the entire season um and they're going to be in that that that's going to be the final episode of the season is just talking about all the different resources that have been mentioned um just so that you know they're all in one place for for everybody um yeah so that's pretty much all i had for you guys and just a reminder that the Patreon is still alive and well. Um, please go sign up and be a patron. My lowest tier is a dollar, so it's not gonna it's not gonna kill you. Um, the Patreon offers access to bonus episodes, and if you sign up before August, you get a exclusive sticker made by Kelsified Crafts who's here on Instagram, and I believe she's also on TikTok. So if you've ever heard of her work or you want to know what her work is like, please go check her out on Instagram here, support her. Um, yeah, so that is that. And if you don't want the benefits of the Patreon and you just want to donate, there is a custom option on the Patreon where you can just donate a particular amount of money. So please go do that and, and, you know, continue to support the podcast so that I can keep making, you know, 
consistent content for you guys and and relevant content and yeah i think that was all i had for this episode also next week we will have a new guest co-host and if you want to know who it is stick around and keep listening um you know i'm trying to i've been trying to kind of amplify some other some other voices this season you know given that it's pride and and mental health awareness uh months and so i've been trying to you know give space to to other people in the community who have things to say you know and they they have wisdom to share as well and and you know you always want to amplify any marginalized voices and, and give them you know the space on a platform to just talk about the things that they're experiencing and and to help bring awareness so that is what i'm trying to do and so next week we will hear from another person in the lgbtq plus community and you know we will hear some of their experiences and their story and if you want to hear those things keep listening so I hope you guys are having a great weekend. Also, happy Juneteenth for anybody who is celebrating. Um, I did make a post about that earlier, and it's a, it's a step in the right direction. Um, it's not great, but it's a step in the right direction. And uh, if you look at my post, you'll kind of understand why I say that. But anyways, um, for any fathers out there, I hope you guys enjoy your Father's Day tomorrow. And you guys just have a great weekend, okay? Stay safe, you know, um, stay sane, keep washing your hands, keep wearing your mask, and I will catch you guys next week. Peace out.